of service to Southeast Ohio. AM 970 and 97.1 FM. News on the hour. Real news, real reporting. I'm Pam Coulter. President Trump is not saying how the U.S. will respond to Iran's shootdown of an American surveillance drone, and Democrats are concerned about the next step. CBS's Stephen Portnoy reports. The president insists the U.S. drone was in international waters. Clearly, we have it all documented. It's documented scientifically, not just words. He says the U.S. won't stand for it being shot down. But he also signaled it's his belief that the strike on the drone wasn't ordered by Iranian leadership. I have a feeling that it was a mistake made by somebody that shouldn't have been doing what they did. He refused to say what steps he'll take next. Let's just see what happens. You just let's see what happens. It's all going to work out. Stephen Portnoy, CBS News, the White House. Senate Democratic leader Chuck Schumer was among the bipartisan congressional leaders who met with the president this afternoon. The president may not intend to go to war here but we're worried that he and the administration may bumble into a war. The escalating tensions between the U.S. and Iran are fueling a surge in oil prices. Market analyst Phil Flynn. The prices of oil are reflecting this increased risk to the global supply. Several companies are urging the Trump administration to abandon tariffs on Chinese goods. Apple, Keurig, and Dr. Pepper have filed public comments saying that tariffs on imports would raise the cost of products from iPhones to coffee pods. The administration is preparing to extend tariffs of up to 25% on another $300 billion worth of goods, effectively covering all imports from China if Beijing does not address U.S. demands for reforms. Apple says in its online filing that tariffs on imports would tilt the playing field in favor of its competitors. Keurig says nearly 90% of its coffee brewers are imported from China. Bill Raycott, CBS News, Washington. He's back. Roy Moore, twice removed from the Alabama Supreme Court, says he's making a second run for the U.S. Senate. His 2017 Senate bid fell short amid allegations of sexual misconduct with teenage girls. Moore lashed out at Democrats and Republicans who've already come out against his candidacy. Can I win? Yes, I can win. Not only can I, they know I can. That's why there's such opposition. One death is blamed on severe storms in the southern U.S. Bossier Parish, Louisiana Deputy Carl Jones had a huge hole ripped in the roof of his home. I couldn't believe my eyes, and all I could say is just thank you, Jesus, for saving my life because all the devastation all around me. More than 200,000 customers were without power across the region. On Wall Street today, the Dow rose 249 points. NASDAQ was up 64. This is CBS News. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. Liberty Mutual Insurance presents. When generic insurance takes hold, one handsome man and one flightless bird are teaming up to save the world. Money. Their message? Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. Their mission? Savings. Their relationship? Best friends. Say hello to Liberty Mutual's new spokes team. And Doug. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Underwritten by Liberty Mutual Insurance Company and affiliates. Equal housing insurer. State laws apply. Imagining a better bank starts with looking at the savings rates most banks offer and saying, Really? Capital One is building something better. You can open a Capital One savings account with one of the nation's best savings rates from anywhere, like here, or here, or here. One of the nation's best savings rates, opened online at a Capital One location or from anywhere. That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? For consumers only, offered by Capital One NA member FDIC. Copyright 2018 Capital One. A treat for Freddie Mercury fans. It's a never-before-released version of the Queen frontman singing the title track from his sci-fi rock musical Time with no thunderous percussion, no background vocals, just a piano. It was recorded at Abbey Road Studios in London in 1986. Singer-producer Dave Clark says he found it in his archives a year ago, and it still gives him goosebumps. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. 
Aretha Franklin is gone, but far from forgotten in her home state of Michigan. The state legislature is honoring the Queen of Soul by voting to name part of M10 in Detroit as the Aretha L. Franklin Memorial Highway. The bill goes to Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who's expected to sign it. Supporters say the highway designation is a way to honor the musical icon who grew up in Detroit. Pam Coulter, CBS News. With the stock market at all-time highs, cash in your profits now and invest in an asset that can potentially pay for up to 20 or more years. That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-defined accredited investor, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects. Call now to learn how you can potentially achieve 20 or more years of income and deduct 100% of every dollar invested against all forms of income. Call 1-800-803-8511. Invest in your future and buy oil. Encore is drilling in an area that is potentially one of the most prolific horizontal oil plays in the entire country. Oil prices are projected to rise, so you need to own a piece of an oil field. Encore Energy is the most active oil and gas operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 1-800-803-8511. You'll be calling directly to the home office of Encore Energy. That's 1-800-803-8511. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk and actual results may vary. It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Lucas Moore. Yes, welcome in. Sports fan 97 WATH 97.1 FM. Excited to be in studio. <clears throat> As the big man said, I'm Lucas Moore. And we've got a busy, busy show for you today. That's how the summers go. One day, no stories. Next day, a lot of stories and a lot of things to get to. We're going to get to the Ohio Bobcats. We're following the Athens Messenger, that nine-part series they're doing. Well, it's part four. It's time to talk about that offensive line, which I think is the biggest question mark For the Ohio Bobcats this year, we'll talk about that later in the show. We're going to talk Cincinnati Reds, that four-game series against the Milwaukee Brewers, that massive four-game series for their season, starts tonight at 810 Eastern at Miller Park. You can hear that live on our airwaves. Marty Brenneman will have the call in that game. We're going to talk NBA draft as well. Zion Williamson, he appears to be the number one overall pick, but we will dive into the specifics of that pick as well. But where I wanted to begin the show, there was no game yesterday. We talked about how they had traveled up to Grand Lake. Well, they traveled up to Grand Lake. They got a win. Who is they? Well, they is the Southern Ohio Copperheads. They sit at 5-8. and eight. They just had a player of the week named their second of the year. This time, a hitter. Chris Gambert, 11 of 22. Five of those 11 hits go for extra bases. We have one of the voices of the Southern Ohio Copperheads, Joey Medore on the line. Joey, Chris Gambert, player of the week, another successful job by him. And he's been absolutely tearing the cover off the baseball. And Thomas DeZero, he goes on the mound tonight. He's the other player of the week winner. Two of the guys that highlight this this talented, talented roster, despite them being 5-8 and eight and sitting at the bottom of the Southern Division. When you come into the season, you look at the kids' college numbers. He hit up around 400, had 16 homers, you know, 50-plus RBIs. He had a big spring. Uh, media day, we watched him in batting practice. And, you know, everybody else is kind of, you know, hitting the ball, easy, lazy fly balls. And then this kid that steps in and just the bombs just start flying off the bat. So we knew right away that he was going to be a pretty big a pretty big part in the middle of this order. And, you know, he started off a little slow. He opened up, seemed like one for 12, was having a hard time finding out the last week. He did, like, the switch just flipped for him and, you know, he put together a fantastic week. And, yes, his arrow on the mound tonight is just one of those things where, you know, if his arrow's starting the game for you, you're going to have a shot to win. The kid just fills up the strike zone, throws strikes left and right, and, you know, just gives his defense a chance to make plays for him. And the Copperheads are one of the top fielding teams in the GLSCL right now, so that's just a really good way to go. So excited to see what happens tonight. Well, it's just one of those things. It's really interesting when you look at the standing, Joey. Um all the wins in terms of the win streak column are in the Southern Division. All the losses are in the North, and that's because the South is playing the North right now. It's it's all cross-divisional games, and the Southern Division has always been the stronger of the two. Well, the Copperheads, they've got four games against 
of the Northern Division. You got two against Muskegon. That starts tonight at 7.05. That's first pitch down at uh, Bob Wren Stadium. That's where Joey's calling us from right now. They've got two games against Muskegon. Muskegon's 5-8. and eight. And then you've got two games against Michigan, teams at 5-7. and seven. So the worst division, the worst teams. And here's the guys you got going on the mound. Zazero, a 0.79 ERA tonight. Then Jackson Mandela tomorrow, a 2.29 ERA in 18 innings. Jake Hansen, 16 innings at 2.62. And then Zach Iverson, a sub-1 ERA in 17 innings at 0.82. I mean, this should be a 3-1, 4-0 stretch, Joey. A real opportunity here for the Copperheads to make up the ground in the standings. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what Coach Dumpy said on the bus when we got up to Grand Lake uh, two days ago. You know, he got he was mentioning how the team had been striking out a lot, how they wanted them to focus on really putting the ball in play more because, you know, you look at the hit totals every game, it's seven, eight, nine, ten hits, but they just haven't been able to put the runs on the board consistently that they want to. They haven't really been able to string the hits together, but, you know, they opened up this stretch against the North Division real well. They had a uh, 7-2 victory over Grand Lake, obviously rained out yesterday, but you're absolutely right. With the pitchers that they have going over these next four games, I mean, these starters have been the story of the team, really. So when we, they came into the season, you know, missing eight or nine arms that they lost in the last, just a couple weeks before. And, you know, Coach Dumpy has tried to pull in guys here and there, but these starters have really been the anchor for them. They give them five, six, seven innings, even eight innings at times every night, night and out. It's incredible to watch. Iverson, you just mentioned, he's not even a pitcher, and he leads the league in strikeouts right now. He's up there in the top three. So it's just absolutely incredible what they've been able to do for this team so far. And, you know, they're kind of holding it together as this team tries to, you know, find their identity early on in this season. So it's really fun to watch. All right, last question before we get you out of here, Joey. Thomas DeZero, let's talk about him again. He's on the mound tonight. Hmm. He's an incredible player. 17 innings pitched, 0.79 ERA, already a, a Pitcher of the Week award, and he's batting three fifty seven this year. He do, does it both in the field, at the plate. Talk about DeZero, his talent, what he's like um, around you, around the locker room, and uh, we know he's a returning player, so he's a fan favorite for the, for, uh, for the Copperheads fans. Oh, yeah, Thomas is a fun guy to be around. You know, easygoing. You can just tell he loves to play the game of baseball. You know, he has kind of fell in love with the culture here in Athens over these past two summers, which is why he's returned. But, I mean, talk about him on the field. He went five for five in his last game, four singles, hit his first homer of the season. I mean, can't do any better than that. And talk about him on the mound. I mean, in his two starts, the first one he went eight and two-thirds, gave up one run on an infield single in the ninth inning, so an out away from a complete game shutout. And then last game he gave up, one run over eight innings, and the one run given up was a little on a questionable call at first base. So, you know, I've mentioned it earlier. The kid's just going to come in. He's going to throw strikes. He's going to let his defense make plays. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw two or three more Pitcher of the Week awards out of him this season if he keeps going like this. Well, I mean, it's absolutely fun to watch. Love him on the mound. And, you know, you know he's going to give you a chance to win every time he takes the hill. Well, if he keeps pitching like this and he keeps hitting three fifty seven and having five for five nights, he might win league MVP if the Copperheads find themselves in the playoffs, Joey. That he might. That he might. It, it, it'll be interesting to see, and it'll be interesting to listen to. Joey, uh, just go ahead and uh, plug where you can be heard uh, tonight and for the rest of this weekend series. Copperheads at home this weekend, by the way, so you can catch those games yourself if you're heading around Bob Wren Stadium. Go ahead and plug uh, uh, how you're brought. Yeah, so you can uh, follow our YouTube page, Southern Ohio Copperheads, and, you know, when the at first pit, well, we actually come on live at 6.55. You'll see the live stream. You can click on that. That's how I view it. You can also go on Facebook. As well, we live stream on Facebook as well at Southern, at, uh, Southern Ohio Copperhead. So, yep, that's where you can listen to us. And, you know, hopefully we continue to uh, take you through this exciting season so far. Should be a lot of fun. Doing a great job, Joey. Uh, wish you and Connor the best of luck tonight and for the rest of the weekend series. And uh, I might be popping my head around there. It'll be a busy weekend around here, but I'm excited for this Copperheads team. I think this can be a really big four-game stretch. Yeah, couldn't agree more, Lucas. Hope to see you at the ballpark, and uh, thanks for having me on. Thanks, Joey. That's Joey Medore calling in. Baltimore boy, man. I don't know. How good are his Orioles doing this year? I haven't checked the ALE standings in a second. Oh, boy. I'll find it real quick. 21-53. and 53. Oh, guess what? The Orioles are still horrible. <laughs> they really are that bad. Oh, poor Joey. Poor. I think he likes the Ravens more than the Orioles. As most people from Baltimore should... Uh, The Orioles haven't been relevant since Cal Ripken, it feels like. I mean, they had Manny Machado. Couldn't make make themselves relevant. I think they got 90 wins about one time. Speaking of Major League Baseball, we'll talk that later in the show. But, boy, this Copperheads team, I'm excited for them. I really am. 
because I, I think they're they're way better than five and eight. I mean, they're zero and seven in two run games, zero and three in one run games. I think they're in a very similar situation to what the Cincinnati Reds are in, which is a really talented team that's just had some bad luck early in the year. Now, the thing about the Great Lakes League is if the bad luck keeps going, you're not going to end up making the playoffs. There's nowhere for it to turn. There's no time for it to turn. You don't have 162 games to play with. You only have 42. And really where they are in their season, the Southern Ohio Copperheads at that 5-8 and eight mark, trying to make a push with a favorable stretch in the schedule, it's, it's almost the exact same point of the season that the Reds are in right before the All-Star break. So Copperheads and Reds, they're mirroring each other a little bit, and hopefully both of them end up in the postseason. That'd be a lot of fun. We'll find out with the Copperheads much sooner than those Cincinnati Reds. But where I wanted to shift to next was the Ohio Bobcats. And the Ohio Bobcats' most vulnerable group heading into the offseason. And and this is something that I've been saying time and time again. And we're, we're talking about the Messenger nine-part series as we've started to do. We followed along. Part one was a quarterback. Then they went running backs. Then they went wide receivers. And now they're going offensive line, finishing out the offense. And the offensive line has been the number one strength on this team for the past two years. In fact, Frank Solich just had to hire his third offensive line coach in four seasons because the last two got hired away so quickly because this offense averaged 39 and then 40 points per game and had numerous 400-plus rush yard games. It's insane. So this offensive line has been a big strength of this team. But you lose three really important players. You lose Joe Lowry. You lose Darrell Wood, and you lose Joe Anderson. Three all-conference guys. I mean, those guys were as good as offensive linemen really get in the MAC, uh, especially Joe Lowry. Who do you get coming back? Well, you get Austin Pleasance. He was the right tackle who moved over to left tackle, redshirt senior. You get junior Brett Cottrell back. He's going to go from center to left guard where he moved halfway through last season. You get your center, Stephen Hayes, a redshirt senior. He took over his center halfway through last year, did a good job, great job, in the back half of the season. And then it gets a little shaky. At the right guard position, you get a junior, Hagen Meservy. He started in 2017 as a freshman, but then sat behind Darrell Wood last year. He's back in the starting lineup. And then that right tackle, Marcus Grimes. Uh, only a little rotation experience. Injuries have kind of plagued his career, the redshirt senior, hoping he can get one season healthy and be a contributing starter. Troy Bolin joining us on the program. And Troy, this offensive line, there's not a lot of names that you really get excited about. When you're looking down this list, I don't think that there's going to be a player like Joe Lowry. You hope that Austin Pleasance, who started the last 20 games on this offensive line, that he steps up in that left tackle role, is in an all-conference level player. But there's issues with depth here. You don't know who the backup tackles are going to be. They might rely on a JUCO transfer, a couple freshmen coming in. I I think this is the most vulnerable position group for the Ohio Bobcats football team this fall. It's about time you started talking some football. I was out there printing out some reads and stuff since I lost my book, listening to your show there for a little bit. I think, man, talk some football, get back in there. <laughs> and, um, boy, I tell you, I think I alluded to you a little bit about the expectations I had the year Tyler Tettleton came into his senior year. And uh, I was really excited. As a lot like you, I think I was thinking, man, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be so fun in the fall. We're just going to we're going to just mow people down. We're going to go to the MAC championship game. Coach Solich is going to finally win that MAC title. And of course, I was very much let down. And uh, I felt Tyler didn't have the season that I thought he could have, which is uh, that's a different topic for a different day. But Lucas, there was some trouble up front. And you can talk about Nathan Rourke. You can talk about his stats. You can talk about how good of a football player he is. We can talk about the, the young wide receivers with a lot of speed. You can talk about the tailbacks. We've got talent there. If your front line falters, your expectations, it will take the air right out of you real quick. People just don't understand or are willing to look at or are willing to even to believe that football starts up front. And if they have a breakdown in the offensive line, if it does not perform up to par, and Nathan Rourke is running for his life or trying to get the ball out of his hands too fast, um, they're not going to have quite the season that you think they're going to have. Yeah, I think that this line is not going to be as good. I think the offense can still be as productive, though, if they are comparable, right? If they are just not as good, not as dominant, but they're still an above-average MAC offensive line, and they get better as the season goes along. 
That's what I think is going to happen. I think they'll have some depth issues. Hopefully you avoid injury. But I think there'll be an average offensive line in the MAC to start this season. I think you'll see some struggles against the good non-conference teams. And I think there'll be a few games where a really talented defensive lineman can wreak some havoc. But Nathan Rourke's going to create. Nathan Rourke is going to be the offense. And we've seen quarterbacks that are able to scramble, move left to right, move in and out of the pocket like Rourke did. I mean, he was under pressure all day against Cincinnati. And he escaped time after time after time again. I mean, he's that talented of a quarterback, dipping and dodging and ducking, that I think they'll be fine there. They can't be horrible, though. I think that's the worst-case scenario with this team, is if this offensive line, you get a couple injuries here. I mean, Marcus Grimes, the right tackle, redshirt senior. If he gets if he goes down, you've you got Gary Hoover, a JUCO transfer, offensive lineman. You're going to slide him in at right tackle. Three freshmen who are big dudes, but freshmen in the offensive line position – if you're not one of those four or five star guys, it's really hard to just jump in and and, and be a consistent, hard hitting offensive lineman as an 18 year old when you're battling 21, 22 year olds on the other side, the meanest of the groups in terms of defensive linemen. If this group is horrible, that's what could tank this season. That's where the Bobcats go eight and four, seven and five, and Nathan Rourke looks like a shell of himself, is if they can't block at all. I just don't think that's going to happen because, one, I trust the new coach, Alan Rudolph. They've made great hires in the offensive line. I think they've done well in recruiting. I think that they have some experience up front. I think they've got guys returning. And I think they can be a solid offensive line, and a solid offensive line is all you really need behind a quarterback like Nathan Rourke. Yeah, that's all you need to, to win some games in the MAC. Is it all? But we're not looking to win games in the MAC. We're looking to win the MAC championship. Coach Solich has got to get that MAC title. That's where my expectations are. That's where they need to be. Let's hope they get better throughout the season. Let's hope they're better than you or I think they are or know they are. You know, that's the great thing, Lucas, when you have some starters leave. You're not really out at practice every day. You don't, you don't know if there was kind of a guy pushing some of those guys last year. I mean, they could exactly, be good. Yeah. We, don't, we don't really know. We're just speculating. Kind of mentioned that with the receivers. You know, they could come out this year. There could be a kid that's that's almost as good as Poppy White. Maybe there's a freshman that's as good as Poppy White. We just don't know. It's like that in all college sports and high school sports. Every year, there will be new household names. So, possibly, best case scenario is there's going to be a couple offensive linemen on there that you're going to say here about week three or four, man, those guys are actually pretty good. Yeah. And it could go the other way. Say, wow, these guys are really struggling. So, uh, it's early, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, but um, I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not looking for just Mac wins, man. I don't want Mac wins. I want, I want a Mac win. title. Yep. No, 100%. That's got to be the goal of the season. And I think that an above average, the, the fourth or fifth best offensive line in the Mac, and they have the best offensive line in the Mac. If they were the fourth or fifth best, I think they can still win the conference. It's just about can Nathan Rourke make big throws in big games. That's going to be the big question mark, whether they win the conference. And if, if Frank relinquishes a little bit of his stubbornness and conservative, conservativeness, I had a hard time saying that, and allows him to throw the ball more. Frank loves to ground and pound. I don't care what he says. I don't care how much Nathan Work comes out and does this, does that. Frank will still love to run it on third and three, second and two. He's going to try to pound the ball because that's Frank Solich. That's what he's always known. Ohio is the ground-and-pound football team that is just recently going to the up-tempo type stuff, letting Nathan throw it around a little bit more. But if you really keep watching the games, they love to ground-and-pound. Yeah. And you need a line. You need a line to do that. you got to have guys that are just rogue graders and, and make holes and be able to create uh, running lanes for the backs. And uh, we'll see. Well, I think we'll see how much they relinquish it pretty early. Last year they ran the ball 66% of the time on not third and long downs. So like normal standard downs, 66% of the time. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of running the ball. I think that number will be somewhere around 58 to 59 this year. I think it'll come down a bit. Because you just don't have the one, the running back experience or the offensive line talent, and you've got a senior star quarterback. I feel like it's going to come down. There's going to be more pass attempts. Now, are they pass attempts that end up being rushes? Because Nathan Rourke scrambles and gets five or six yeah, yards. It might be 70% running, man. Yeah. Because Nathan's going to be, if he's on the move, he's a good runner. And yeah, it's, well, that's I, kind I of a misleading ra- stat. But it's, I would rather that in certain So at third and five last year with this offensive line, third and four, Troy, you're like, give it to AJ right up the middle. You're probably going to get five or six yards. This year, it might be a thing of third and four. We can probably get four, but 
If we put the ball in Rourke's hands, he's either going to scramble for five or he's going to get a completion and a first down. I think that's kind of why you'll see that number be a lot more pass-centric. It's not because they want to throw the ball so much. It's because Rourke is going to tuck and run quite a bit. I think he'll run nine to 12 times a game. Probably. A lot of, there'll be a lot of run-pass option in their offense. I mean, I, I wish... I mean, I wish that number was at 66%. They drive me nuts. You know, I, I, I gamble on them, man. I bet on them. I, I don't think Vegas understands the MAC. I don't think they really watch Ohio closely. I, I saw some spreads last year that just, just jumped off the page at me. Then I start watching them, and I just want to strangle them sometimes. <laughs> like, why are you running the ball on third and six, dude? It's a, it's a tie ball game where you're up by six. And, and Frank, he, just, he doesn't go for the juggler. Love the guy. I think he's a great coach. I wouldn't want anybody else here right now than Frank Solich. So don't say I'm, I'm, I'm dogging him here. It's the way he coaches, and he's very effective at it. Yeah. But for me, I'm a guy that I, I like to see teams go for it. I like to see teams, you know, just just kind of gamble a little bit. And he, that's not in his DNA. And uh, it'll drive you nuts, man. Trust me. I, I, I think I threw about ten things at my TV. <laughs> Luckily, there are pillows and such things like that, so it didn't break my big screen. But I would get very angry at the Ohio office throughout the course of a season. Are those embroidered pillows? You know, they get pretty designs on them? <laughs> I don't know. I just know they went flying. Trust me. <laughs> Why are you doing that? Throw the football. It's third and six. You're up by six points. You don't want to punt it with five minutes to go. This is the new college football. They can score within two minutes. You're right. You're not wrong. But that consistency, I think, is what helped Ohio be this type of consistent program, I guess. It did. They, it did. It, but they got to win a MAC championship or else consistency be damned. All right, we're heading into break. When we come back on the other side, we'll talk NBA draft. Is Zion Williamson the best prospect since LeBron James? We'll ask that question and answer it. It's SportsFan 97 WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Are you looking for new ways to connect with friends without breaking the bank? WellWorks is now offering Fitness for Youth, personalized classes at your convenience with your friends. At WellWorks, if you want it, we want to help you achieve it. That's why we're offering private group fitness classes at exceptional prices. Let's work together. Grab a group of friends and connect with us to design your unique class. Learn more at ohio.edu slash wellworks. Wellworks is an initiative of the College of Health Sciences and Professions at Ohio University and is open to the community. Did you know that April is Donate Life Month? Lifeline of Ohio, as well as many other partners from around the country, create activities throughout the month of April to educate and encourage people to register as organ, eye, and tissue donors, as well as celebrate those who have saved and healed lives through the gift of donation. There are over 117,000 men, women, and children awaiting life-saving organ transplants. And another person is added to that list every 10 minutes. Be the difference. Register as an organ, eye, and tissue donor today by visiting lifelineofohio.org. Click on the Register tab. It's easy and takes less than two minutes. So what can you do to help increase organ, eye, and tissue donation? First, register your decision online at lifelineofohio.org. Then tell your family and friends about your decision to donate life. And finally, ask those friends and family members if they are registered donors. Help Lifeline of Ohio and donate life. Celebrate the gift of life and sight by becoming a donor today. Visit lifelineofohio.org today to register and learn more. Do you have aching feet, heel pain, or ankle problems? Some foot issues just can't be fixed by those expensive shoe stores or with shoe inserts. It's important that you find and fix the real problem and not just treat the symptom of foot and ankle pain. A foot exam from a doctor of podiatric medicine, who is the medical expert in foot and ankle pain, may answer your questions. Our doctors will provide important foot care solutions after doing a complete foot examination that a shoe store just can't do. Podiatric physicians are the most qualified doctors to care for your feet based on their education, training, and experience. The Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association's members are located throughout Ohio and are dedicated to providing the highest quality foot and ankle care. If you suffer from foot, heel, or ankle pain, let us help you find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association so you know you are being treated by the very best. Visit us at associationsadvanceohio.com for a referral today. 
Siemens Grocery is your family-owned grocery store where customer service is still a priority. At Siemens, you'll find high-quality, healthy, fresh foods, including fresh, natural Amish chicken. Siemens opened their doors in 1951 and for three generations has offered the highest quality produce and finest cuts of meats. How long has it been since you've been to Siemens? Siemens Grocery and Marathon, 305 West Union Street, Athens, 7.30 to 9, Monday through Saturday, Sundays from 10 to 7. Fan 97 WATH. Howdy. Troy Bullen over there. Lucas Moore right here. Want to thank you so much for tuning in. NBA draft tonight, and I'm excited for it because we know who's going number one, and we're 99% sure we know who's going number two. But the question is who's going to go number three? Even though we're probably pretty sure who's going to go number three, too. So. Who's going to go number four? Wait a minute. I don't really care at that point because now you're outside of, I think, all the franchise players in the draft. So in terms of ooh, where are guys going to go, who's going to pick, the drama's not there in this draft. Last year it was. Where is Luka Doncic going to go? Trey Young, how does he fall? Is he a top three pick? DeAndre Ayton, are the Suns going to take him at number one overall? There were a lot of variables in the draft and a lot of really good players that I thought could contribute in their first year of the NBA all throughout the draft. This one is three players. It's Zion Williamson, number one, who, in my opinion, floor, all-star, ceiling, MVP, top five player of all time. That's the type of prospect you're looking at with Zion Williamson. Two, Ja Morant out of Murray State. I think this guy's going to come in and be an 18-8 and guy immediately. He can leap. He's going to be exciting. He just needs shooters around him, and I think he's a guy to build a franchise around and can eventually, ceiling, I'd say, Maybe MVP. Ceiling, maybe. I don't know. Small guard. He'd have to be a Derrick Rose type guy and carry a team. But Floor, I think he's uh, Floor an NBA starter and probably a, an all-star. I think Floor for John Morant. R.J. Barrett, I think he could be a James Harden-like character the, the, and then Floor an all-starter. Uh, and I think all three of those guys are going to end up being all-stars in this league. But then after that, Troy, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Oh, I like him, but he had knee injuries. Question mark, question mark, question mark. It's just a crapshoot after that point um, when you're looking at four through the rest of the draft. But kid I'm, from Vandy might be, you know, sneaky good. He was ahead of Morant heading into the season, also coming out of high school, the number one point guard in the nation. So, you know, but he didn't play last year. So there's your question mark. But future could be a really good player Not, yeah. at number four. I think, I think the top three of the story though. But I like Darius Garland. Yes. Uh, how about Zion Williamson, Troy? What do you think his ceiling is? Man, I I would I I wouldn't go top five all time, just because there's so many greats. There's just that's just, I mean it's hard to project. I mean I guess it's it's possible. I'm not saying it's impossible. I just I just wouldn't go there right off the rip. I'd at least like to see him play a season in the NBA before before making that claim. I mean you got Kobe, Michael, LeBron. I don't think Kobe's in that top five. Really? No. Oh, my goodness. Kobe Bryant's pretty good, man. Look at all the rings Kareem, on his hands. Kareem is better. I mean, yeah. what? Kareem, is it just a center that it was taller than everybody and had a sky hook? I think he's got, Kareem has six titles, right? I watched the guy play, though. He's a, yeah, you watched Kobe's him play at the end of the year. He was, he was better as a guy named Luau Cinder. He's the all-time Did leading you, scorer. You in the watch NBA. the videos. There's nobody even close to as tall as him. He just towered over everybody. Yeah, he's a good player. I know, but it's just a center man. He was a center with a sky hook, as taller than everybody. Kind of like Wilt. I think Kareem was better. I think Shaq was better in terms of the pantheon than Kobe. I really do. I hate Kobe Bryant. Just, just to lay that out right there. I hate him. <laughs> I hated him. I'm a Celtics fan. I hate Kobe Bryant, but the dude was good. Yeah, no, he was great. I think he's one of the top five shooting guards ever. How about that? Yeah, that's fine. That's fair. But in, back to your point, though. I mean, see what I mean? The club? The club's pretty hard to crack in the exactly. top five. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all reports about this kid. I think, you know, I, I'm not a Duke fan either, so I don't watch him on, like, Saturday afternoon. I'm not watching Duke. I watch March Madness, and he was pretty good. Sometimes I'm a little leery about uh, guys with his height and his body type. They haven't really transcended to the NBA as being greats. 
But I, I made the comment yesterday, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Charles Barkley, though, coming out at, at that time. You know, nowadays, Lucas, everybody's taller, they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. But in terms of when Barkley played, he was a 6'5 guy that would just go up and dunk over people. And it was kind of amazing. And he was, he was kind of like a chubby-looking guy. He wouldn't even look like a freak athlete or anything, but he just had mad basketball skills. Zion reminds me a little bit of that. Um. I don't know. Let me let me watch him play. Let me let him watch it. Let me let's see him in a year against top talent in the NBA and see what happens. I think he's going to be that good. I, I think that year one, I think he'll average twenty points a game because it, athletically he's already capable of doing it. Because you're going to get what I think four points off putbacks a game, probably six to eight points in transition. You're already at twelve points, and then he's going to get deep. There's just so many ways that he can just pile on points just from being the best athlete on the floor. Nine. Nine and a half out of ten nights every night. I don't know. I don't know if he'd be the best athlete on the floor, you think? That early? He, yeah, he's got the Duke vertical leap record. He's 285 pounds, and he might be the fastest guy straight line speed outside of Russell Westbrook in the league. Hmm. I mean, he is, he is, he can, his head hit the backboard on a block. <laughs> like, he has done things on a basketball court that no other human has ever done. He, he is so unique. He is indescribable athletically. He is so strong. He is so fast. He can jump so high that it's just un. We have not seen a player like this in the league. We have not seen an athlete of this caliber ever. Just that we haven't. I mean, LeBron was not quite this athletic, but he was more of a basketball talent. You know, all the way around, smooth, and he had that athleticism. I mean, he, Zion is like a, if Zion was a ten, then LeBron's a nine eight in terms of athleticism. But Zion, he's got all that. And he's got the basketball to, tools, too. Instincts, vision, passing. His jump shot, it's its fundamental. It's not really a jump shot. He's got a set shot. But he shot 30-plus percent. He's good. He's really good at basketball. Instinctual. Gets a lot of offensive rebounds. Boxes out well. Plays with energy. Plays with effort. Natural shot blocker. He blocked a... He, I mean, the three-pointer he blocked from the corner was one of the most incredible plays I've ever seen by a basketball player. He he came down as the ball was being caught. He came down off a jump as the ball was being caught in the corner, and he was in the key. He took one step, second step, leaped in the air, and blocked the three-point shot in the corner. It was one of the best highlights all year from him. And he's going to make plays like that all the time on an NBA floor. He'll be a menace defensively and he's going to run into 20 points on offense and 10 rebounds and that immediately makes him a borderline all-star so if he develops a jump shot if he i think trims down a little bit gets to 275 gets a little bit stronger gets more athletic gets a higher iq then yeah he's going to be really really good in this league i i I, anybody that sees that anybody that sees him just watch him in person steve kerr after one game watching him on tv steve kerr knows a lot of basketball said, oh, I didn't think we'd get another LeBron-type character. There he is. And I think that's how good Zion can be. So I guess kind of the story, uh, if since there's no really drama coming out within the first, the draft starts at 7, the first hour, right? Uh, not really going to be any shocking news. I guess the, the eye will be on the trades that could possibly take place. And Which whether... the Pelicans just traded the four pick. They just now did? Yep, to the Hawks. Wow, the Hawks? Yeah, the Hawks moved up to four. So what did what did the Pelicans get? Obviously, they they wanted a player, so they had to get a player. No, they got uh, just three picks. Uh, Pelicans get number eight pick, 17 pick, and 35 pick. That's interesting. And they gave away their second round pick and the four pick. Hmm. And they got Solomon Hill, who's a bench small forward and a future second rounder. Interesting. Well, that, that kind of takes out my... Uh, my hopes of the Celtics moving up to four and getting the young man from Vanderbilt. Because we Kyrie's leaving, Horford's leaving, we needed players, and then uh, there was some speculation that Boston would try to make a push for the four and get the young man from Vandy. So thanks for ruining my night there with that. Uh, so now, <laughs> they're, they're, now, now we're down to no stories within the first hour of the draft unless uh, some other trades take place, but they usually don't play, take place until the team is about to pick. So you're going to have to sit and kind of wait throughout the night to see what other things transpire. The drama and, uh, was in the lottery. I mean, the, the yeah, lottery it was. was awesome to watch. It was. Uh, of course, that, that ripped my heart out, too, because the Celtics, we were banking on Sacramento being bad. We had Sacramento's pick. And, unfortunately, the Kings decided for the once in their lifetime of a franchise that they're going to play basketball this year and win a bunch of games, which screwed us out of the lottery. 
Uh, we were thinking this could be a top three pick again, but no. Anyways, uh, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm still going to watch though. Still intrigued. Still the NBA draft. Yeah, see see what happens maybe. But I think you're right. I mean, it's going to be one, two, three, four. What is the drama going to start at five then? Yeah. Well, then it's not really drama at that point. Then it's yeah. kind of like, yeah, who do we like here? But a lot of times when you watch the draft, Lucas. And when you get to the fifth pick and they really dive in depth to the guy that's being picked, you learn a little bit more about him and you think and you hear things and watch some tape on him and you just kind of get a better evaluation of that player than what we know right now. So that I kind of like. You can pick up some things, uh, learn some about some people. And, you know, my Celtics got three picks, so whoever they pick, I'll be doing that. Well, the Cavs have the fifth pick. So Oh, there you go. That's, there you that's go. where it gets interesting. That's where it gets interesting. You know what's going to get it really interesting? This four-game weekend set the Reds have against the Milwaukee Brewers. Troy and I will talk about that series when we return. This is the Sports Fan on 97 WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Looking for a cold beer and a place to cool off? Come take a visit to Mel's Roadhouse, where all are welcome any day of the week. Stop in, kick your feet up, and relax with buckets of beer, a game of pool, and great people. Speaking of pool, try your luck against the other pool sharks in town at the weekly pool tournaments. Or if whaling out of tune is more your game, Mel's even has karaoke nights. Head out to Old 550 for Mel's Roadhouse, a go-to good time. At Siemens Grocery, where you can do a week's shopping in 15 minutes. Get you in, get you out. That's why Siemens pays attention to how they organize their products. Everything you need for that weekend cookout or that quick dinner is close at hand. Siemens may not be the size of those big box stores, but that's a virtue. You won't be walking around searching for your groceries. Go in, find what you need, and get back to the grill while the fire's hot. Siemens Grocery, 305 West Union Street, Athens. Are you looking for new ways to connect with friends without breaking the bank? WellWorks is now offering Fitness for Youth, personalized classes at your convenience with your friends. At WellWorks, if you want it, we want to help you achieve it. That's why we're offering private group fitness classes at exceptional prices. Let's work together. Grab a group of friends and connect with us to design your unique class. Learn more at ohio.edu slash wellworks. Wellworks is an initiative of the College of Health Sciences and Professions at Ohio University and is open to the community. Did you know that April is Donate Life Month? Lifeline of Ohio, as well as many other partners from around the country, create activities throughout the month of April to educate and encourage people to register as organ, eye, and tissue donors, as well as celebrate those who have saved and healed lives through the gift of donation. There are over 117,000 men, women, and children awaiting life-saving organ transplants. And another person is added to that list every 10 minutes. Be the difference. Register as an organ, eye, and tissue donor today by visiting lifelineofohio.org. Click on the Register tab. It's easy and takes less than two minutes. So what can you do to help increase organ, eye, and tissue donation? First, register your decision online at lifelineofohio.org. Then tell your family and friends about your decision to donate life. And finally, ask those friends and family members if they are registered donors. Help Lifeline of Ohio and donate life. Celebrate the gift of life and sight by becoming a donor today. Visit lifelineofohio.org today to register and learn more. Seven four zero five nine two six six four six. That's the number to call if you want to get in on the conversation. We're talking Reds here at the end of the show for the final twenty minutes. It is the biggest Reds series since two thousand thirteen. I'll go ahead and say it. Four games set against the Milwaukee Brewers. It starts a stretch of fifteen games. Eleven of those fifteen will be against the top two teams in the division. Right now, the Cubs a half game up on the Milwaukee Brewers. Reds five and a half games back of the Cubs, five games back in Milwaukee. 11 of the next 15 come against teams within the division. That's huge. That's a massive stretch for this Cincinnati Reds team. Because if they can go 11 and four, 
12 and 3 in this stretch, they will put themselves in position heading into the All-Star break to be quite honestly a betting favorite in the NL Central. And without a doubt one of the main contenders for the wild card in the National League. And and I think they've got a real opportunity in this series, Troy, because if you look pitcher for pitcher, Game by game. If you just look at this matchup, Milwaukee versus Cincinnati, four games at Miller Park. Well, a Brewers fan would say, hey, we're at home. And Milwaukee's been pretty good at home this year. 22 and 13. That's really good. But hey, Reds over the last 60 games, pretty much the same record as the Milwaukee Brewers. Actually, a a game better over the last 64 games than the Milwaukee Brewers. Milwaukee also 2 and 6 over the last 8 games. And, And if you look at this pitching matchup, Game by game, Reds have Tanner Roark, 3.63 ERA. Jimmy Nelson, a 10 ERA. Yeah. He's he's still recovering from that shoulder injury. Jimmy Nelson's been struggling. Yeah, but look how Tanner's done the last seven or eight games. Don't throw that three-something ERA out there, man. That guy's been terrible. What is his ERA the last five games or six games? I did it on my sports cats this morning. It was like 11. Sometimes that overall ERA can be a little bit misleading. Guy's got to get it together. Hopefully he gets it together tonight. He's good enough to get it together. Without a doubt. But Jimmy Nelson, he's got a 10 ERA. So I, <laughs> nice. It's going to be a long game tonight. <laughs> possibly. I know in the Reds it'll be 10. a pitcher's duel. <laughs> and then you've got Sonny Gray versus Chase Anderson. Sonny Gray, 377 ERA. Chase Anderson, 405. Gray's been pitching well. And then you've got Luis Castillo versus Yoli Shosin. And uh, that's that's a that's a big-time advantage for the Reds. Castillo, 2.26. Chassie with a 5.6 ERA. And then you got got Sclafani. At the end of the weekend, a 4-2-2 ERA against Woodruff, who's just over four. But DeSclafani in the month of June, he's got a sub-2 ERA in his three starts. So the Reds have four games where I can make an argument they have the advantage in the starting pitching matchup. The team they're playing is 2-6 and six over the last eight games. Their best hitter is on his worst stretch of the season in Christian Yelich. And Joey Votto, your MVP, former MVP hitter, Plays better at Miller Park than just about every other ballpark in the league. And all four starting pitchers, Joey Votto has above 300 career batting average against, and he's got five total home runs against those batters. He's been incredible against the Brewers and these Brewers pitchers, especially at Miller Park. So I think the Reds have a lot. I have a formula for Joey Votto having a big, big series, them getting four good starts, and going 3-1 and one and making up some real ground against the Brewers. Oh, I hope you're right, because at the end of the day, it's still the, the Brewers. And they seem to wreck our season a lot of times, my man, even when they're bad. But, yeah, yeah I hope you're right. Uh, just I want to throw just a monkey wrench in your thing real quick. Uh, the Hawks moved up to get – they're want they're, they're eyeing the Hunter kid from Virginia, which puts uh, the kid from Vanderbilt back into play. And Minnesota just moved up to the sixth spot, so which puts your Cavs in a very, very interesting position if people are going to want to trade up to get to the – uh, to get the the point guard from Vanderbilt. So, be interested to see what your Cavs, and maybe your Cavs have become the story after all, if that's how it plays out. Anyways, back to baseball. I got a good question for you. Shoot. You ready? Yeah. Can you tell me, because baseball went through a realignment kind of like football has, like we do at Ohio High School football. Can you tell me the Reds division that they played in? My, my whole life, they were in a certain division with certain teams. There was great rivalries. It was only like somewhat, I feel like it's recent because the days when you get old like me, Lucas, days just fly by. But my whole childhood, the Reds were in a certain division and had certain rivalries and certain, certain opponents. Do you know who they were? Um, I mean, do I get any you sort always, of? I don't know. You play some Jeopardy music. What was, it, what was it, the National League? What was it called? The oh, National League. Uh, no, it was, it was the NL East, and they always played the Braves. No. The Reds were in the NL East, buddy. Yeah, but not when I was growing up. They, they had a division. Rivalries, and it's going to shock you. It doesn't shock me because I mean I spent most of my life watching them do this. Were they in the West? They were in the West, my man. The National League West was Cincinnati, San Francisco, L.A., the Padres, and the Houston Astros. That was our big. Those are our rivalry games. And I, and I was thinking about it today. I would have hated, hated if that if that division still existed, because. <laughs> Imagine how many games take place at 10 o'clock at night. Our, our sports cast, we would just be night owls. Yeah. We'd be here like 3 o'clock in the morning if we were still in the National League West. Like all year long. 
Yeah, Coach Fortney put something out there today when we beat the Strohs. He's like, oh, I used to love to beat the Astros. I was like, that's right. We were in the National League West. That That's just kind of like was in the back of my my mind somewhere. Yeah. But we, we had a big rivalry with the Dodgers for the longest time. Reds were in the West 69 to 93, not in the East, my mistake. Before that, they were just in the National League. There were no divisions. Yeah, yeah they actually they have not won a World Series since they left the NL West. There you go. Last year, wasn't it? Or uh, 90. 90 was the last. Well, 90, you said 93 was your last year in the West. Yeah. And they've only won one playoff game at home since they've been in the NL Central. And that was in 1995. Wow. And that was, the last, that was the last playoff game won at home by the city of Cincinnati. <laughs> was in 1995. Man, here I am been picking on the Cleveland franchises all this time. Maybe I should switch my focus. So the Reds, they lost um, in 95. They lost. And then neither team made the playoffs, Reds or Bengals, until 2005, where the Bengals lost a home playoff game. Then in 2009, the Bengals lost another home playoff game. Then in 2010, the Reds lost two home playoff games to the Philadelphia Phillies. And they lost on the road against Roy Halladay. Remember, he threw a no-hitter in that series. They got swept there. Then the Bengals lost at home in 2013. The Reds lost three straight at home after going up 2-0 on the Giants in 2012. And then the Bengals lost at home again in 2015. So it's been just brutal for <laughs> Cincinnati fans and home playoff games. Yeah, and you're a Springfield guy, so I mean, you 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 basically have grown up in misery. I mean, you've got nothing. You have, you have at least I had the '90 World Series, man. I was a sophomore in high school. I that was awesome. We swept the A's. It was a great series. You poor kid, man. I don't I don't yeah. even know why you let yourself get dragged into that Cincinnati. That that whatever it is of just this know. history of bad luck and losing, but um, we had the conversation when we were talking about the the Reds and your optimism and things like that. And I'll tell you where my negativity and my my faith lacking in the ownership is. Some of those ones you just mentioned, those playoff games with the Reds. What was it? Two thousand what five? You said six, seven, somewhere in there. What for the Reds? Yeah, for the Reds. Reds didn't make the playoffs until twenty ten. Ten. Okay, it was twenty ten. Whatever year it was, we lost a left. I think was it left fielder. We had a left fielder halfway through the year get hurt, or was it the third baseman? Or maybe it happened on two separate occasions. And the ownership refused before the trade deadline to go out, even though we had a playoff caliber team, to go out and get a replacement, a quality player. Instead, just used a bunch of platoon guys. And they had their opportunity to go for it, and they didn't go for it. And that's that's where I started just getting very angry, very upset. And have not really trusted them since. Well, in 2010, uh, they had Johnny Gomes, remember, was really, really good that year in the outfield rotation. Uh, Scott Rowland was added to that team, the 2010 Reds team, and ended up really turning them around. The 2012 Reds team was really the Ryan Ludwig show, him out in left field. I think he cracked 30-plus home runs. And that Reds team won 98 games and their best stretch of the season, their best 30-game, 40-game stretch was without Joey Votto. And that's because Todd Frazier came in and was playing first base for that team. Um, was that the, was it Roland in that got hurt? They didn't re, in, in 2012. Yeah, 2012. Roland kept getting yeah. hurt. And, and just didn't go get a third baseman to play. We just, I can't remember what we did. Well, they had Todd Frazier at first, and they let Todd move over to third. They instead of going out and getting one. But there wasn't a third baseman for a long, long time right. while right. Frazier was playing first because Votto was hurt for 40-plus games. Hmm. And Votto, remember, was on pace that season to shatter the Major League doubles record. He almost did it anyway, despite only playing 112 games. So that was that was an interesting year. Reds would have won 105 games probably if Joey Votto had played the whole season. 101, 102, 105 games. And would have been the number one overall seed, so they wouldn't have played the Giants at home, and maybe history is completely different. But <laughs> that's what Cincinnati sports is filled with. Maybe if this happened... You know, maybe if Andy Dalton doesn't get hurt in 2015, Bengals win one of those last two games. They're 13 and three. They get the number one overall seed that year. They get a bye, and they don't have to play the Steelers. They win that game at home. Maybe they win the Super Bowl. Yeah, Carson know. Palmer doesn't get his knee wrecked and against the oh, Steelers. I mean, you're looking oh good God. there. Are you? Man. Talk about one of the most emotionally taxing moments for Bengals fans. <laughs> You awful. just went through uh, just the worst decade of fans could go through. Honestly, the 1990s Bengals were some of the worst teams 
in sports history. The worst drafted teams in oh, sports yeah. history. They were just horrific. It was the most wor- it was the, the worst drafting team, almost as bad as the Browns. It was awful. Kajana Carter. Yeah. Just to this top of my head, I can go on you and know, on. You know, they got, they got offered every pick in the draft for Achilles Smith. Every pick in the Washington Redskins draft for Achilles Smith. And, and they said no. And there were three Hall of Famers that the Redskins used those picks on. Nice. That's awesome. No, it's not. That's horrific. So anyway, the Bengals fans went through all that. Then 2005, they finally get a good team. They finally get a good quarterback. At insult to injury, that 2004 year, Carson Palmer took over the reins. And uh, that was his technical second season, but that was really his rookie year. And the Bengals were on track to make the playoffs. And then he hurt, uh, I think he hurt his knee against the Patriots. And then out he goes, and then they miss the playoffs in 04. But then 05... They're really good. They make the playoffs. They can't get a bye. They play the Steelers at home. First playoff game in the city of Cincinnati since 1995. First playoff game for the Bengals since 1990. And Carson Palmer goes out on the first playoffs from scrimmage. And Chris Henry, their third leading receiver, went out on the same play, which was a 66-yard completion. If you're telling me that's not bad luck, then... I don't know. I think Cincinnati's up there in terms of sports fan misery. They're they're, they're grading ground. I mean, the, the Browns still got them. The Browns' history is awful. Yeah, but is Cleveland sports history as a collective right now? Yeah, but the Reds they have we have big Cincinnati is the big red machine. I mean, that's just so such a dominant. Yeah, they're they're run. The, the, the Browns are worse. The yeah, Reds Cleveland's have Cleveland's worse, worse because Cincinnati has had. Oh, yeah. Dominant stretches. And they when they won a World Series in nineteen ninety. And the Bengals have been to two Super Bowls. Oh, the Browns yeah. haven't been to any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not even you're not in the ballpark of Cleveland, buddy. <laughs> their history's their history's awful, man. But although recently, I don't know. I mean, it's just because it's only because it's just in the last year, you know, I got this little spark with the Browns, but man, I'm telling you, they, their history is just they, they made a an ESPN thirty for thirty about it for God's sakes. I believe land. Did you watch it? See, yeah, those the, people are hurting, man. The thing about making a Bengals documentary is that no nobody wants to make a documentary about a bunch of wild card games gone awry. Yeah, exactly. There Although you go. a great thirty for thirty is would be Marvin Lewis and the inability to win a playoff game, and and just that yeah, thirty yeah, for that just was... going through all those Bengals teams. Like, why on earth could this team consistently not win playoff games? True. But, you know, Cleveland wasn't just about football. I mean, it's, man, my goodness, the Indians had so much bad luck happen to them around the same time. It's just the whole, it's a whole city thing. It's not just a Browns thing. It's a city thing. Of course, LeBron helped that a little bit, that one title. But then think about it. You're talking about maybe the best generation player in the history of NBA basketball. And he's from Akron. He's an Ohio guy. And really, you got one title out of it. So that, 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 is that great? That's, that's, another, that's a topic of conversation for us someday. Yeah, I think it's great for LeBron. I think, but that's why when people are like, who's the next team from Ohio to win a championship? I can't say the Browns because you can't say, uh-huh. just say the sentence. The Cleveland Browns won the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> we can't get through it. I know, you but I have a hard time saying it. the Cincinnati Bengals won a Super Bowl either. I mean, they're closer than the Bengals. Yeah, but the Bengals have before. I mean, if Joe Montana. Gotten there, they haven't won it. If Joe Montana throws one incomplete pass. And there, and there was a ball on that drive by Joe Montana in in the hands of a Bengals defensive back. Let's say that gets caught by Cincinnati. They have a Super Bowl win. Yeah, yeah. It's, so, Joe, it's Broadway Joe, man. It was like one of my favorite players, one of my favorite teams growing up. I was a big 49ers fan. I don't know why. My mom liked him, so I liked him. Every, every woman loved Joe Montana back then. Even moms. Moms would watch Super Bowls because they loved Joe Montana. I love Joe. People, I actually have a picture here in my bedroom about. back then. It's got a whole bunch of 49er stuff on the wall. I'll show you. People don't feel that way about Brady. No. Even though he's a good-looking guy. I mean, he's dating a, a supermodel. I mean, he's, I don't know. Maybe it's because he's from Michigan. Nobody likes people from Michigan. <laughs> oh, man. But they've got a lot of good alumni from that school, I will admit. Yeah. James yeah. Earl Jones, Michael Phelps, Tom Brady. A couple yeah. guys have been on the moon. President, there was a president, yeah. I think there's a couple presidents. couple of them. Yeah. That's so, more than Ohio State can say. I don't think we've ever had a president, have we? I don't know, but I don't think Ohio State fans really care. It's just about they continually, continuously destroy Michigan. <laughs> it is nice. There's a little meme that says, yeah, when Father's Day had had Harbaugh and Urban. So just want to wish you happy Father's Day. Because <laughs> <Daddy. laughs> it's his daddy. Yeah, that's good. 
I don't know. Maybe Ryan Day will finally lose to Michigan. We'll see. I want to thank you so much for listening to the sports fan. It was a lot of fun. I think the Reds, this is their chance. This is their opportunity. I think they go 3-1 and one or 4-0 and oh in this series. I might come on this show on Monday and say that the Reds are going to make the playoffs. That's how big this series is. I, it's Honestly, it's all coming together for them. That's at 810. Pre-game show is on this station. Do you want to make sure you stay tuned and listen for that? We're Troy Bolin. I'm Lucas Moore. Big shout-out to Joey Medora. Copperheads getting started down at Bob Wren Stadium. You can listen to them on YouTube and Facebook. Same place, same time tomorrow. I'm Lucas. This has been the Sports Fan 97 WATH. In our 69th year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH FM's. Iran downs a U.S. drone. I think they made a mistake. A witness in the trial of a Navy SEAL accused of murder drops a bombshell. Claimed that he, in fact, is.